Hey everybody, it's Jade here. Um, here is a very exciting thing. This is the panel that Hamish and I recorded at Nine Worlds of Geek Fest, and we wanted to share it with you guys. Just because you weren't at the con doesn't mean you don't get to hear the episode. What we will say is that the audio quality is obviously not going to be our usual glorious high definition sounds that you have come to expect here at Box Not Included. However, the content is still good and uh, we think it's good enough to share with you. But yeah, just wanted to make you aware it was recorded in the room at Nine Worlds Live. So yeah, there's a lot of ambient noise uh, and some of it is just not as good as what it normally would be. But we don't think that will stop you enjoying the episode. Just wanted to make you aware. I've rambled on long enough. Uh, Here's the show. Thanks, guys. This is your aesthetic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Crap! There was a memo? Hamish! We're not even there. <laughs> we haven't started yet. This is not official podcast time. It's okay, I'm recording this all. I'll have oh a blooper reel at the end. It'll be great. Um, You're starting. Yeah. Do you want me to, unless you want me to start. Feels weird about the music. I'm not doing freestyle of our theme song. <laughs> okay. No. Just Hello! And welcome. Hey! <laughs> Thank you. Welcome to Box Not Included, the show looking at geek culture and the media we love and loathe from a queer perspective. I'm Hamish. See my vest. See my vest. See my vest. Steal. And I'm Jay, TV's favourite flip wizard, Rose. <laughs> and we are coming to you live sort from of. Nine Worlds. Sort of. Yes. From Nine Worlds Geek Fest. <laughs> Inglorious Hammersmith. Ooh. Can I give it up for the four people that showed up to our 10 a.m. The elite box included. Yeah, this uh, is the core fan base. The day we make t-shirts. Yeah, we'll be, get you guys problematic we'll, jars, we'll, shirts. We'll make four of them. Yeah, <laughs> um, because this is a Nine Worlds panel, um, we're going to, I will give pronouns if nobody objects. Yes, uh, I am he, him. Uh, I use they, them, and our guest who is going to introduce themselves, if you want to give your pronouns before you introduce yourself. Hello, it's he and him. Marvellous. Um, but we are live here for these wonderful people, and this is a new and deeply unsettling experience. <laughs> Normally, Hamish and I just look at each other, um, but now there's people looking at us. Yeah, I keep naturally trying to lean. To look at you. Yeah. I, I don't know what my opinions are until I look in your eyes. That's never a good gauge of anyone's um, opinion. But yes, we have a guest. You heard his dulcet tones. Uh, it's time for him to introduce himself. Yes, you heard my pronouns before you heard my name. Uh, <laughs> that's living in the future. Hi, I'm uh, Matt the Professor Baum. <laughs> yes, Baum. Yes. Mm. Have you been saying it? Have you been saying Baum? Everyone says Baum. No, I've been saying Baum because of L. Frank oh. Baum and Wizard of Oz. Yes, anyway, yes, I know. Um, yes, we have a guest. We decided to have a guest, an expert in a way, um, because today's topic, seeing as we're at a convention for the first time, we thought we'd tackle cosplay uh, for those listening at home or on the tube also it's very early it's 10 a.m it's 10 a.m which we figured we don't usually record at this time but most people probably listen on their commute yeah so, so it's, it's kind it's of very natural box not included sort of anyway um, <laughs> um yeah we decided to get a guest because even though we are cosplayers ourselves mm-hmm. in, in, a, in our own ways 
That's um, a polite way of describing it. Hiding my tinfoil bracelet. For those who are saying, we are cosplaying Magnus and Taco from the Adventure Zone because we're a podcast and we thought it'd be fun. We're very disappointed podcast. Matt didn't dress as Mel. Matt, no, okay. I'm dressed as the void fish. <laughs> <laughs> just got tentacles everywhere. Um, so yeah, Matt, would you like to introduce yourself and why we have you on the show? Yes, hello. Uh, so my name's Matt. Uh, I am not a, a, like an expert cosplayer, but uh, I'm a journalist uh, based in Seattle. Uh, and I've written you mean you're not English? I, not not yet. I think uh, <laughs> the the split was made hundreds of years ago, and like being here in London has made me regret uh, that we had any sort of aggression towards England. So do you uh, think? Will, being will you take us back? Is my question. Being English is in your future. Uh, have you seen the politics here? I mean, I know <laughs> well, things are bad there, but that's true. That's true. But I'm enjoying. Like I had a, a like um I don't know the names of anything. The pork pies is that a thing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like oh these people are so much more civilized than us. <laughs> the pork pie. The pork pie. The height of civilization. Yes, I, I, you know, coming from the United States, where uh, I don't know what's the height of our civilization. Uh, we perfected the hamburger. I've seen chicken waffles. Yeah, okay, so that's that's good. We like the chicken waffles are good. That's not why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I'm here is because I'm a journalist. I write about LGBT culture and geek culture. I'm working on a documentary project called Playing with Pride. We've interviewed a lot of LGBT gamers and geeks and cosplayers and stuff like that. I'm not a little light cosplay myself. Uh, but uh, I'm sort of a, a queer geek anthropologist uh, through my journalism, uh, kind of informally an anthropologist. Uh, so it's something that I love and adore. It makes me so happy to see people getting into costume and dressing themselves up and finding their their persona, I guess. That's, that's something that's sort of a, a passion of mine is uh, writing about people who are able to express themselves as something that they uh, are not obviously, you know, that, that, that you wouldn't judge them as immediately upon seeing them. The hidden depths. I suppose, um, I'm sure most people listening to this episode know what cosplay is. Um, have dabbled and stuff. I, I know what kind of people are in our audience and I love them. Uh, but uh, cosplay or costume play is where you dress up as a character you like or two characters you like who have fused in some wonderful <laughs> magical way or in a your concept. Case, yeah, in your case, a character, but in a very specific point in time of that character. Yeah, uh, cosplay one runs a beautiful gamut of the most screen perfect replica you can imagine to the point where did you actually just steal something from <laughs> the wardrobe department and if so why did you not take me with you to people that just utterly adore the thing and are wearing like a kigaroo um yesterday here at the con i saw somebody in a tardis dressing gown covered in bras <laughs> they were the tardis full of bras and i nearly fell to my knees and wept in joy so Cosplay is kind of whatever you want it to be, and I think the emphasis on play is really important because it is about fun. having fun. Mm. Can I ask, have you ever seen a character who was multiple characters, like somebody cosplaying multiple characters fused together? Because that's fascinating. Last year, uh, Katie Fabian was four Channing Tatum characters at once. <laughs> oh my God. It was a thing of amazement. I mean, Steven Universe lends itself to yeah. cosplaying fused characters. Mm. And um, it, it's like when you see um, people who do like hybrids or like uh, burlesque versions of things, like mm -hmm. taking a core concept and twisting it for something they want to do. And the sheer creativity, like um, you guys can't see Matt's stunningly good Voidfish costume, but um, <laughs> I've seen some really amazing interpretation. I had originally planned to do a Voidfish this year and I was just like, I couldn't get a hold of enough neon lighting to put stuff underneath a petticoat 
which was my idea. So, but yeah, it's it's creativity and action, and it's what I particularly love about cosplay is like you were saying, Matt, about people expressing a part of themselves they maybe don't get to do in their day to day. Well, I feel like we're cosplay, like even though certain things about us, are, our costumes are a little bit obvious, we are still cosplaying very niche characters from a show, audio medium. from an audio medium with no canon apparent, like costume appearances. And you've got to have like the little things that make it recognizable. But even on the way here, I made someone on the train smile, like with a knowing kind of, ah, look at that. Like they'd met <laughs> a celebrity in which mm. I am not. And, um, yeah, you are. I am a celebrity to my mom. Um, but I think that's, I, I, it's, we're going to talk about all kinds of things or try or like box not included. We're going to take a topic and shove it it. into 30 minutes when it's really a five hour. Yeah. Like we're going to be scratching the surface. Um, but I do think there's a balance between if you're doing cosplay for, to make other people laugh or for your own enjoyment and the kind of balance of if you want to be super recognized by everyone or if you want, if it's more important to be recognized by one person and that make the difference. Yeah, no, I'd always rather be recognized by one person. Speaking of recognizing someone in cosplay... Uh, yeah, that was a beautiful story. <laughs> I'm very proud. The only reason why we know each other is because of cosplay. Yeah, um, Hamish and I, I think we've mentioned this story on the podcast before, we went to... Uh, we. Separately, uh, we were both at a screening of Pacific Rim at the Prince Charles Cinema, and um, I'd gone with a, a fan group. We'd had a meet-up, and after the film, I saw this guy stood next to the bar, also dressed as New Geyser, wearing a... Uh, and I was like, I must know this person. I must approach this person. My autism can do very strange things to my <laughs> brain. But anyway, I just sort of kind of sidled up in my awkward fashion. I was just like nice outfit and was prepared to walk away having been spectacularly cool (laughs) i don't know how it was for hamish i mean i thought that was terrifying (laughs) um i i i it was really nice because i i had gone to the event thinking everyone would be dressed up and it just was not that kind of (laughs) screening um thankfully thankfully new is a fairly low-key yes I wasn't dressed up as a big kaiju or anything, but tragically, um, it's like, are you familiar with that sort of semi-famous viral photo of the person who they're at a party and they're dressed as the Babadook and everyone's totally normal and the caption is something like, you thought it was a Halloween, I thought it was a Halloween party, but it turns out it was just more of like adults sitting around drinking wine. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's a picture of a girl's, uh, little girl's sort of birthday party and everyone's princesses and then just someone's like the joker. <laughs> like, Perfect. It's beautiful. Perfect. Um, Do we want to talk a little bit about uh, cosplay experiences that we've done? Because uh, I know Matt, you said you've done it a little and at home you have too. I kind of wanted to end the story briefly to say that you came up and talked to me afterwards mm. and it was the meeting you twice that I realised, okay, we're going to be friends. Yeah. Um, because I think with cosplay you can sort of see someone and you obviously have something in common if you both enjoy something. Yeah. And then... If you like a character enough to dress up as them, that tends to be a sign you're pretty in. The reason so. why you actually said I need to be his friend is because I put on a jacket with a Hufflepuff Yeah, that's also true. And a few other weird patches. And then, yeah, and then we, we met again at Night yeah. World. Uh, we exchanged details. I then gave Hamish some uh, tips that went disastrously wrong with him putting together a Charlie Kelly cosplay. <laughs> well, we shared tattoo tip- we tips. We shared tattoo tips. <laughs> um, and... Uh, 
yeah, uh, that Nine Worlds would have been the one-year anniversary of uh, the first kaiju attack. <laughs> so he's like, we both have to be new on this day. And, uh, yeah, there's pictures of us both dressed as new um, at Nine Worlds and sort of a glorious friendship went forth. Isn't it lovely, those tribal signifiers of, oh, we, we belong to the same group even though we've never met. I, I think of it in the same way as people who wear sports Mm. Sports costumes? What are they called? Uniforms? <laughs> what, are the, what is yes. sports? Sports yeah. costumes. What sport? Uh, yes. Uh, so, you know, uh, like I think of, of people who have like, um, I find this so strange, but I also understand it kind of. Like when you have the player's name written across your back on your shirt and it's like, well, you're not actually that person. You're kind of cosplaying as that um, football person or sports person or rugby yeah. person or whatever they are. I mean, I think, yeah. Yeah, and that's how you know. Yeah, we're, we're part of the same team. And yeah. We belong to something together. No, most definitely. I mean, that, that conventions are fun for that because it's just like you see so many different things, but then it's just like if you see somebody who's in, uh, in the same thing as you, like I started a conversation with somebody yesterday because they had a Critical Role t-shirt on, and I was like, ah, Critter in the Wild. Yeah, I think t-shirts are like sort of geek t-shirts as like... Signifiers? Yeah, a, step, a stepping stone on that sort of thing. Mm. I can't walk around in full cosplay every day. Tragic. I mean, I, I could. Uh, part of the reason why I'm wearing dark glasses with my cosplay is I don't have to make eye contact with anyone on the tube there. Even though I'm dressed... I just look very 80s. <laughs> I don't know. You do look very escaped in New York. I feel like even... It's when, like... You can do cosplays where people just think you're in normal clothes when someone sees you. Mm. Or you can do cosplays where... Even if people don't recognize you, you're going to turn heads. Yesterday, a uh, few people in the room, um, those many, many smiling faces in this room. Um, yesterday, I was dressed as another character from a podcast. And a lot of people just thought, wow, that's a really fucking awesome outfit, which is a great sensation. But nobody knew because, um, again, no canon appearance. But Who was the character? A character called Horace, a hair metal enthusiast space outlaw. That sounds like it would lend itself to an amazing outfit. It did, but uh, what was great is uh, I then tweeted about it uh, to both the podcast itself and the person that plays that character, and everybody collectively lost their shit. And I was there like, <laughs> I have been witnessed. <gasps> I mean, Recognition from the source. Why did you pick that character? Because when somebody describes themselves as a hair metal enthusiast, space outlaw, and then basically they're pretty fucky, it was kind <laughs> of like, well... Yeah, and then I fell in love with the character over the course, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I have to cosplay this person." My oh. friend, my friend Quen gets so many cosplay tokens every time they come to Nine Worlds, but and they don't actually do any cosplay. That's just how awesome <laughs> their style is. Yeah, um, can you describe the the token system? Because I've never heard of this before, and I love it. Nine Worlds does a very well, it's kind of, it's cool. It it basically you get given these five uh, cosplay tokens at the start. You all know this, but I'm talking to the billions of people that listen to the podcast um, uh, and that's really cool because you get given them and you're supposed to give them to cosplays that you appreciate in whatever way um, and you, apparently you get a badge at the end if you get 15 you can go collect a little goodie bag oh that's cool um, but it's nice because it's it's a way of interacting with someone and saying that you like their cosplay without any kind of awkward mm. I mean it's, it, everything in my life is always awkward but, but yeah you don't have to have a full blank conversation if that's not within your like you have a good endpoint. You, end have point, you can it, then you can literally go up to someone <laughs> go, "You look amazing, because a token bye. Yeah, it's it's a really one, and or you can start on having a conversation with people. It's a really lovely system. It's like you see kids in cosplay here and people running the full gamut, and it is one. But I need to throw a token at somebody in our audience. So we have a MST3K cosplayer in the audience. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. It's quite good. 
Um, uh, I, you know, I, it's a bit like Mardi Gras beads, kind of, only without like the flashing. <laughs> Depends on which cosplay. Yes, I suppose it does. Um, you asked about why you chose that character, but um, how do you think this is the most? I'm looking at my notes and asking a question I've been to this far, but how do you think being queer um, affects the choices we make in cosplay and who we choose to cosplay and how we cosplay those characters? Let's go to Matt first, because I feel I've spoken quite a lot already. I love that question so much because I think queer people uh, are in a unique position. We, we have a, a wonderful opportunity to um, it, it push the boundaries of cosplay. Uh, just, you know, in our lives without even thinking like today I shall cosplay. But, you know, I think queer people have a bit more freedom to uh, explore how we present ourselves. I'm actually working on something. And if people want to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you about crossplay, about people who are pushing gender boundaries. Um, in my, my project Playing with Pride, uh, I, we interviewed uh, this one cosplayer in Toronto, Vancouver, uh, named Justin Saint, who's just fabulous and wonderful. Uh, and this person... Uh, started their cosplay journey uh, many years ago when they had a, a bootleg edition of Pokemon Crystal and uh, their um, save file got corrupted somehow and the gender of the character, of the, of the player character, switched and they were like, ooh, oh, this is good. I like this, that I can do this. <laughs> and so now they do, you know, they, they've got this great Stevani cosplay that's just, it's gorgeous. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, love, I love that we have, as queer people, um, you know, sort of, it's it's a challenge, right? Because we come into the world and it's a world that does not always understand, uh, what, what do you mean there are more than two genders and you can change- Witchcraft. Yes, you can change your mind or you can, you can identify something in between or you can flip from day to day. Uh, but if we can survive all the Sturm und Drang around social pressure to conform to the binary, uh, then suddenly, you know, it's like breaking above, above the, the cloud barrier and we, can see, we get this beautiful top-down view of like all the possibilities that gender provides. Uh, and so, you know, this actually brings me back to this memory I have from high school many years ago uh, when I was painting my nails. I was 15, 16 years old and I was painting my nails and somebody in the locker room of my high school saw this. It was probably the worst possible environment to have this interaction. And this person was like, why do you paint your nails? And I'd resolved at this point that if somebody asked me if I was gay, I wasn't going to lie about it, which was a very, it, it was a very emotional decision for me to make because I real, recognized that I was putting myself at risk. Uh, and I held myself to it, although maybe it was perhaps not wise to do so. But they said, why do you paint your nails? And I was like, well, I like how it looks. And they said, is it because you're gay? And a million ideas, a million responses flittered through my mind. And uh, probably the most hazardous answer came out of my mouth, which was, yes, but that, they said, are you gay? And I said, yes. And they said, is that why you paint your nails? And I was like, well, I, I don't know that they're exactly related. Uh, thinking back, I do think they are. I think gay is another word for disobedient sometimes. <laughs> and so, yes, uh, I am gay and disobedient in painting my nails. What a, what a rebel. Um, but anyway, this is a very long-winded answer to your question that queer people, uh, we have a lot of freedom, which can sometimes be very scary and put us at risk. And, but it also means that, oh my God, we can invent anything we want. Mm. It's uh, very cool that as a thing you were talking about, like crossplay, because one of the first character I properly cosplayed as was, was Newt, Newt Geisler from Pacific Rim. And this was after the casual meetup uh, with Hamish at the Prince Charles. This was uh, at... Not, uh, not nine months. This was a MCM, and it was around the time that I was really getting into Pacific Rim that I realised I was non-binary, 
and or I was coming to understand what it meant to be genderqueer and it was very interesting for me to go through that point in my life. Um, I'm at the other side and it's just like, yeah, trans non-binary. In my usual self. Um, but, yeah, being new and getting to be that character, I've, I don't bind or anything like that, but getting to be that character was so very liberating um, just to be this casual character, male character, and people just, like, accepting me as Newt rather than their pre- uh, preconceived notion of Jade is this cis woman, which, not correct, but it was a very wonderful feeling to have. And as I sort of went through that understanding, I would find myself doing a casual sort of a secret new cosplay for myself on days where I had to go and be... Meh. Like, <laughs> I don't get on well with my partner's family. Um, they think I'm weird. Thank you for those giggles in the audience. I hear you and I appreciate say that like it's a bad thing. It's not, but at the same time, I don't like being made to feel like I'm strange and unwelcome. When I'm being strange and unwelcome on my terms, that's a very different thing. (laughs) But like the simple act of putting on a black skinny tie with my shirt and just like, yeah, I've got this. There's there's power in that. And I know for a lot of people um, who are uh, trans or questioning their gender, cosplaying as a character difference to the one you're assigned at birth can be like it's like a damn breaking there's freedom in that and it's like that first step was just like I'm not sure where I am but I want to be this person and people seeing you as that character and the gender of that character can be just like oh this feels good mm-hmm. and it's it's a wonderful thing I'm getting emotional and this is me actually crying as opposed to eyes watering that's been happening for the past 24 hours because <laughs> apparently I've developed hay fever out of nowhere <laughs> Um, it reminds me a little bit as the spirit, like a spiritual sort of add-on to the kind of the ball culture and the 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 realness. And yeah, oh. I mentioned things like Paris is burning a lot, where yeah. they'd have categories where you had to be a uh, businessman or not. Not so drag comes from these drag balls, but not even in the idea of uh, presenting as a different gender. Sometimes the categories are simply I'm a queer person and I want to present as a businessman which I can't do when those you know at the height of that um and I think it's just about sort of like I cosplay quite a few um characters who are very uh sort of macho typical ideas of masculinity and just I feel a little bit like I'm reclaiming them a little bit um I love that I, I love to see like a queering of I mean, you, you're dressed in a, in, a, in a mode that looks very 80s right now, as, <laughs> as you mentioned. And I just, I love to see when there's a blending of that, I don't know, 80s action hero look with, um, with painted nails, which you also have. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's so powerful and magic. Is it a Street Fighter character? Looks like right now. Okay. I think that might be it. Or you look like it's, I mean, it's a bit of a Star Lord type jacket. It is the Star Lord jacket that <laughs> okay, I have well, uh, repurposed. <laughs> um, and but I, again, I think like it's fantastic. You know, I I watched the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and I there was something about the character which was like, I don't buy that that's a completely straight person if mm-hmm. they're very happy to talk about sleeping with all kinds of aliens that don't seem to have any kind of gender I just felt like I kind of want to take that and sort of push that a little bit further, push that a little bit further. Um, but also I, what I find interesting is that with the idea of cross play I feel just in the last few years 
Um, one thing I really like about Nine Worlds and sort of the pronoun badges is that when people are cosplaying, often they are trying to, they are representing their authentic gender or they are uh, purposefully feminizing a male character. I, there's different ways. So I've seen, and that's why a problem with Nine Worlds, not Nine Worlds, um, MCM. MCM is when there's no pronoun badges and I say, I really like someone's cosplay and I'm not knowing the sort of, I don't need to know, it's not my, I've gone down a hole, I'm sorry. Let me throw you down a lot. What, I, what I'm meaning is that like, I, I, I've seen both people um, who are, for example, cosplaying one of the Doctor Who, one of the Doctor Who's in a big ball gown mm. and sort of taking their costume and turning it into this heightened um, sort of feminine uh, image. Sure. Um, and I've also seen people who are, you know, happy being cis women cosplaying the male character. And I've seen people who are using it as a way to explore their own gender or mm -hmm. um, get power from it. And I just think it's really interesting. And that's why I think crossplay is almost not... I like to start sentences not knowing where they're going to go. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that at the last MCM, I saw so... Especially with Overwatch, I saw so many... Mm cosplayers where the gender of the character they were cosplaying didn't seem like any defining factor of who they choose. Mm -hmm. And awesome. I think that's what I find really interesting about where cosplay is going is that um, in terms of gender and the, the no character seems off limits in terms of gender and mm -hmm. I find that very interesting. Yeah, it's wonderful, that breaking down of, of boundaries. And I think what we're kind of talking about here is I've always seen cosplay as having basically three functions. One is that tribal quality that you were talking about, how you know you can you can identify yourself and say, oh, it, this is this is the group that I belong to and uh, there's I'm not the only one and there's a place for me. And look, people understand me. I can't believe it. And it's such a it's such a warm feeling to know that you're not alone. But then there's also a very personal experience where you could that that realness, that Paris is burning, I you know, deep down inside I'm an executive and or you know, I just I'm just powerful. Or deep down inside, I'm this gender, or I fall somewhere on the spectrum, uh, or deep down inside, uh, you know, I, this this is my fursona. Or I just wrote a, a piece for um, Stranger in Seattle about the mermaid community that we have in the Pacific Northwest, which is this magical thing that I didn't know existed. Uh, but it's people who, uh, it's and it's not a furry thing exactly. It's people who uh, identify as mermaids or, or mers. And um, initially, I thought, okay, this is this is something fun. This is just you know, you put on a tail and go for a swim. But there's actually something much more personal going on where it really helps people, particularly people who are neurodiverse, uh, focus because the experience of being in water uh, is very therapeutic uh, for the people who, who I interviewed for this. And, and they built a whole, um, constructed a whole, whole persona for themselves around the soothing quality, the, the psychological flow of being in water. Uh, and then the third function, uh, which I think is the most fun, is just it's it's a horny experience. Uh, <laughs> and these three things sort of like in a Venn diagram of deliciousness sort of orbit each other. Uh, so there's the tribal stuff, there's the personal stuff, and then there's the bedtime fun stuff. Uh, and, and I think everyone has a different balance of those things with their cosplay. Well, I think everyone does cosplay. It's just the oh, yeah, nerds want to have Halloween more times of the year and like... Everyone, I mean, we're always in drag, whatever yeah. we're wearing. I mean, we can be naked in drag. I mean, drag can be as simple as, as a pose you adopt. Well, one thing I want to say, uh, gender is performative. Cosplay is just like 
more so. And that's kind of amazing. You can take it in whatever direction you want. Mm -hmm. And that's an awesome thing. But I'm, I want to talk about the difference between cross-play and Rule 63, which um, Rule 63 is its own very contentious thing. I was on a panel discussing it a couple of years ago. But... Um, Again, for maybe people who aren't familiar with the old rules of the internet numbers, I don't know. They might be young. I don't know how young our audience gets. I wor Oh, I'm not going to dwell on that because I swear <laughs> a lot. Um, but Rule 63 is the notion that for every character, there is their... I believe the original wording is opposite gender counterpart. A lot of people I find within the community, the Rule 63, like discussing it, it's more like there is a different gender version, which I personally, as somebody that sits happily in the middle of the spectrum, splashing around, going, fuck your gender norms. Um, <laughs> it's an analog, uh, it's an analog scale. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just like, I like, if, if spectrum is like this miasmic mess, I like to think of it like a, a big ass paddling pool and people just like sitting where they want. Sure. It's cool. But um, I know I've got a, a friend of mine in America who does specifically cross-play of certain characters who gets like very little recognition because uh, they're regarded as or they're viewed as a cis woman. And so people think, oh, well, that's not as good. Whereas somebody um, cisgendered playing the character as they are in canon will get much more recognition for a costume that takes less work. And then you'll see Rule 63 versions which is like you'll see like highly feminized versions of like uh captain america which are always awesome don't get me wrong i get very excited every time i see that sort of thing but i think it's just useful to draw that that difference between them because obviously i think people are coming at it from a very different place and then there are people like you were saying who are just like i want to be this character and it's not so much i am a, a man because playing a female character or i am doing a female version of a cis male character they're just like i'm being this character for whatever gender that might mean hmm. i know i'm kind of talking myself in a circle right now which is fairly standard for the i think that's the feeling of a 10 a.m live first ever it's podcast episode me. talking about uh the i didn't i've got a note on this saying negative feelings cosplay and i didn't really want to go on about this but i i just that i've done a few cosplays and it's actually really heightened my feel like my negative body image feelings it's not yeah. sort of it's been the opposite of what I've wanted to do. Yeah, no, I think um, that can happen a lot. Just if you don't have the correct body type, I'm doing air quotes for, for our listening audience. Uh, people might review, regard your cosplay as something less because you don't have that, you don't look like the character does in canon, and that always makes me really sad. It's it's a it's hard to get out of because in a in a way the a flawlessly accurate cosplay mm -hmm. that's so similar has its own uh excitement to it i suppose mm -hmm. um but that it's hard to get away from that and also i mean part of the reason why i'm bringing this up and when i first did star lord i was like the chubbiest star lord <laughs> the chubbiest star lord that ever lived um and just like the jacket was cheaper than everyone else's and the mask was cheaper and just like and it was a very popular character. So when I like showed up, I just instantly felt, oh, okay. And sort of slowly took off it during the course of the day. Cause I just, well, I don't know. It's kind of heartbreaking. It is a little bit heartbreaking, but I think that's, I think it's, you know, it's less to do with a cosplay topic. I'm also like yeah. your own individual sort of ideas. But I think 
Do you I'm, think cosplay could be could be a way to become more comfortable with your body? Like, I, I yeah, think, I think I, I think it depends on where you are and cosplay because I think somewhere like Nine Worlds, which has got very much this sort of open atmosphere yeah. of you be you and find the truth in that. Whereas if you go to somewhere, I use MCM and Nine Worlds as my examples because I don't go to other <laughs> conventions. I'm a no. And I go, to, I, I, I go a, to MCM to hang out with Hamish when he's <laughs> tabling and see my friends. I ignore the vendors all, except, you know, I go to Artist's Alley now and try to support people. Nine Worlds is the only con I go to where I'm not, like, just strictly as a vendor. Yeah. But I always try and do a cosplay every day to sort of have a talking point mm-hmm. um, and draw people in. But I always just get – no one ever notices me. But, yeah, to, to answer your point, I think somewhere like – MCM where there's very much like oh people taking photos and people doing like videos of cosplays there's very much just like you need to be accurate or interesting or have a certain body type to be quote worthy of recognition whereas I think feels like competitive cosplay in a way you know I have zero interest or tolerance for pressure to conform to the incan I mean for, for I mean like you said there's sort of a frisson of like accuracy when you're like I've meticulously recreated something. That is nice. but And I'm going to paraphrase John Hodgman here, who uh, he has this quote that I really enjoy, where he says, referencing culture is not the same as creating culture. And okay, good. You you duplicated something. You replicated it. That's nice. Mm. But what do you have to add to it? And that's why I really like when people can adapt things. You know, I, I was talking to a photographer years ago about what makes a good photograph. And she said, you know, she thought about it and she's like, well, if it changes the way I look at something, and I want to see cosplay because I really do regard cosplay as an art form, like capital oh, God, A yes. art form. And take your cosplay and make me see something different. Have a statement with it. Have something to say about your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, just to use your example, like the chubbiest uh, Star Lord, <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Be the chubbiest. You know, and I think I think what, what you might be talking about there is um, that there's an opportunity to to listen to your costume. You to, to listen to your cosplay and to say, okay, what, what, what would Star-Lord do? Would he be ashamed of being, of, of his body? No. Uh, I, I very much like to inhabit my cosplays. I know mm-hmm. not everybody does this, but I'm an actor who likes to excuse to stop being me for a little while. So it's fun to inhabit the skin of somebody more confident than you. Um, I said yesterday, wearing the outfit I was wearing, um, a couple of people said to me, you should wear this every day. And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Um, but this, wait, this, is that you saying that or is your character? That's me what mentally saying that. Say? Oh, in, in character, Horace is just like, I look fucking amazing. Of course. Like, mm. obviously I wear this every day. But like, this is the but second really day. Really is you. Yeah, so but, why not yeah, listen this, to that? This is the second day where I'm wearing shorts and a crop top. And this is not something I would wear in my everyday life one it's actually really quite pleasant given the weather yeah. but this is not how I just because I am not comfortable in my body in that way but when I dress as these characters I'm just like they are mm. they don't care and it's like that little bit of release from yourself and your own insecurities because like these characters don't give a shit well I think you should give yourself a little more credit for that it's not like the characters do the character has the bravery to do it it's you you're the one who's dressing as that it was in Neurodiversity <laughs> is a fun thing to <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I own uh, being a fat person. I like the, using that word, and I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's that's, that's a little brief self-call-out thing there. It's just that I think when you cosplay a very popular character and you're trying to buy everyone doing it, the, I have jealousy issues probably, and or I just kind of... Uh, 
I don't, in that moment, I feel I'm not capturing what I wanted to. But mm. one of the fun things, we're both cosplaying characters with no canonical mm -hmm. visual appearance. And that's its own set of, it makes it easier and a lot harder. Yeah. Because you can, I can kind of just like gather a various set of things. Yeah, my theme for my cosplays at uh, Nine Worlds this year is canonically queer podcast characters. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, uh, yesterday I was this space outlaw. Um, who were uh, in canon, hadn't actually been confirmed, but when the uh, the player was messaging me on Twitter, I was like, when am I going to get this opportunity again? By the way, <laughs> is Horace queer? Because, I mean, I'm making assumptions here, but he doesn't strike me as straight, but I don't intend to view most people as straight, if I can avoid it in the fiction I enjoy. And he's like, oh, God, yeah, he's, def he's totally queer. But then what was really heartening was he then messaged me, go, in a recent recording, I actually asked our GM to create a male or... Uh, masculine-leaning, uh, non-binary person, NPC, to express that side of his sexuality. And I was there going... <laughs> <laughs> I was very... Uh, for the listening audience, I just did a very happy fist bumping. <laughs> and uh, tomorrow I'm playing... Um, the, the show is The Penumbra Podcast, uh, which listeners will know I've done before, which I'm a big fan of. I'm playing the secretary of this detective, and the show is a sci-fi noir. And I thought, how am I going to do that... I'm basically doing very 1950s with a sci-fi bent, and I'm very excited to do it. So if you see me around tomorrow, I'm going to be doing sword punk dressed in a swing dress with very curly hair. <laughs> Somebody in the audience is doing heart eyes at me, so I'm <laughs> feeling very vindicated in my life choices. Excellent. That's going to be the most epic thing. I like also cosplay where they're they're kind of creating an outfit based on something that's... So, for example, last year I was on a panel with someone cosplaying Caterpie from Pokemon. Sweet. And, like, Amazing. it took me a little while. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I suddenly realized why you're sort of all in green. You have these big headphones of, like, the eye design on. And, like, oh, that's great. it was so cool. And I, I think that's really fun as well, where you're kind of creating your own version. I don't... I. I'm awful because I saw the name of the cosplayer. I did write down, but I don't. It like hit social media in the past couple of days. A meeping angel, which is one of the weeping angels from Doctor Who, except the head was Beaker from the Muppets, oh and I was oh like, <gasps> pun costumes. Puns oh, yeah. are always good to see in a costume. Someone got sent to my table at Comic Con. Um, which was a Power Ranger top half and then a shower cap and a towel and just said, hello, I'm a shower ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I said, last year I was Bath Vader. <laughs> like they're just doing a bathroom selection themed of pun costumes. And I just think, I mean, again, that's more sort of to make others laugh and to make, the thing is they came to my table and being a huge Power Rangers nerd, I was like trying to guess the pun based on who the character <laughs> they were playing was and was the whole thing. I was a bit too nerdy for my own good. No, you? I once did a pub quiz where the question was, who created the Daleks? And I said, uh, and I said, Terry Nation, the writer of the first episode they appeared in and got the wrong answer because it was Davros. And I was very mad. <laughs> <laughs> I was too nerdy for my own good. And I was sort of in the corner going, no, they're all wrong. Um, actually, so. Um, uh, well, actually. <laughs> but but um, I mean, that comes into, I, I wanted to briefly talk about, very briefly talk about sort of cosplay etiquette because mm. Um, it's not a natural thing to point and shout at someone um, in the real world, mm -hmm. but it's the sort of there's an assumption, mm -hmm. whether true or not, that if you are cosplaying, 
you are wanting a little bit of attention. But that's not always the case. It, it can really depend on the character as well. Uh, this uh, MCM, and if it happens to me later today in this con, I'll be delighted. Because um, there are a lot of adventures that I'm cosplayers, but every time I saw a taco, my head was going, is that taco from TV? <laughs> and nearly everyone went, yes. And I was like, ha, implication. <laughs> um, but there is that moment where you just like shriek the character's name, who they're cosplaying. <laughs> Which also may not always be the best etiquette, but when you do it with love rather than aggression, people might be slightly embarrassed. Because, Thank you. Yeah, I think the, the context is what matters there. If it's yeah. affectionate, if the person like clearly has a look on their face of like, leave me alone, please. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy enough thing to, to mm. acknowledge. I think cons are getting much better about having code of conduct posted. Yes. Calico did things at Nine World as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, um, I've seen variations on that at uh, Norwest Con, which is this um, sci-fi fantasy convention in Seattle. Uh, there's a, a red light, green light, uh, what is it? Red light, yellow light, green light system where you can have a little sticker on your badge mm. for, you know, it's stuff like talk to me, don't talk to me, give me a hug, don't give me a hug, that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, it's great. Uh, the lanyard system here in Nine Worlds, if you have a yellow lanyard, it means please don't, uh, you're not happy to be photographed. Um, but yeah, that, in, that increasing um, prevalence of people having cosplay conduct. Uh, like in their guidelines is a really reassuring thing to have. Like you, just because somebody has a costume that's showing skin, it's not a liberty to stare, it's not a liberty to touch, and it's it's great to see that the culture around cosplay is becoming more aware. And because cosplay is not a new thing, like it goes back and back and back and back. Mm. It's just as it expands, so does the understanding, and it's great to see the the wider community, not just the cosplay community, taking steps to keep each other safe. Yeah, yeah. cosplay can be, it's such a, a great way to break the ice and to mm -hmm. provide a reason. You know, because I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm just, I'm a very shy person and I don't like to talk to strangers. But uh, when I'm a, in photographer mode, as a photographer, I go to a lot of parties and I have to do this thing that is just, I mean, it's the behavior of a person who's deranged where I have to walk up to strangers constantly and ask to take their picture because it's my job. And having a camera in my hand and having a job suddenly makes it the most natural thing in the world. But when I step back and think about it, I'm like, what what person behaves this way? <laughs> Just goes up to strangers, uh, and and I think the cosplay sort of changes the contract, the social contract, a little bit to say. It's okay to ask. I mean, just as long as you ask first. Yes. And, I, you know, I'm a real fetishist about consent and uh, making sure it's okay with everyone what's going on. Just mm -hmm. ask. And it's it's the easiest thing. And the, the costume sort of invites that. And also invites, you know, the I think that the, the real challenge is for cosplayers. I think it's very hard for some cosplayers to say no. And it's something that I personally have had to practice is like if I don't feel comfortable with something and if I'm not feeling social and friendly to be like, not right now, please, because, you know, it, it that feels mean, mm. but it's OK. Like you should be able to say no. And that's it. That's it. You don't need permission to say no. Yeah, I think uh, especially if perhaps in your day to day life, I'm pointing at myself, you don't necessarily maybe get a lot of compliments. Mm. Like when somebody like all over like, you look amazing, you look kind of like, ha, ha, ha. Well, how do you accept compliment? Mm. Does not compute, but it's that, um, again, breeding that environment where you can say no, but also knowing that there's that opportunity to like, oh no, this is a different thing. And there's that, again, coming back to that freedom. I always that. deflect when I get a compliment on like something, something that I've made or done or an article I've written, um, my, my default mode used to be to, you know, to argue with the person, say it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I had to unlearn that. Yeah, I'm trying not. It's that whole thing if somebody pays you a compliment. Uh, one for cosplayers maybe listening. It's just like if somebody pays you a compliment, try not to deflect it because basically you're saying your opinion doesn't matter if you go, nah. 
<laughs> Don't insult someone for complimenting you. Yeah, that hard is just like somebody else's opinion of you is if they're being nice, especially if they say you look crap, then fuck them. But um, if somebody's paying you a compliment, they genuinely think that they're not just going to say that for the sake of saying it. Which is yeah, I think it's a it's a nice thing to say. Thanks, I really appreciate that. And then to you know, it's an opportunity to start a conversation like. Oh, did you see this episode? Or what's your favorite moment when this character? Or did you see this new thing? Or uh, where do you think the what do you think the story is with with Pink Diamond or something like that? You know, like all these there are all these conversational opportunities that present themselves when someone says, "I like what you did." The reason I got up to date with the Adventure Zone is that I knew if I was cosplaying this, someone would shout a spoiler at me. So yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, I was gonna say, um, is everybody in the room who actually listens to the Adventure Zone if they do up to date? Sweet, because it's like I introduced, I pointed at, uh, pointed at my umbrella and said my sister's over there, which would make no sense to somebody that doesn't listen to the Adventure Zone, but uh, Nemo got me, so it's, it's all good. Um, Do we want to quickly talk about, um, I, I mentioned it briefly and I think you did as well, Matt, about neurodiversity as a mm-hmm. cosplayer. Um, we might ask, we're going to open through to questions to the, to the masses in the room with us. So uh, if you have a question or you want to think of a question, by all means, we've got a radio mic, but we'll talk a little bit about neurodiversity first. I think my experience has been in interviewing lots of different people about the um, cosplay that they adopt uh, is that there is a, for folks who are on the autism spectrum, there's a, a quality that you can find in certain characters that quiets the... Um, tendency to be extremely distracted by things. Um, And this is something that I found particularly with the merfolk who I interviewed, but also, you know, I've written a lot about furries and uh, about fandoms in general that, I mean, just having a focus is sort of like, you know, having a fidget that you wear, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's something that can keep you occupied and, and, and and, and it's just a reminder of, okay, today I'm this person Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm listening to this aspect of my personality. And rather than being pulled in a million directions, uh, this gives me sort of a framework for when I leave the house. Yeah. I like cosplaying characters that are neurodiverse as well or that are uh, popularly headcanoned as some flavor of neurodiverse because it means like people look at your weird behavior and go, they're so in character. And it's just like, ha, 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 I have utilized my own weirdly functioning brain to fully commit to a character. We were talking earlier about accuracy and I think accuracy in cosplay is so much more... Uh, joyous and exciting when they're cosplaying a character uh, that is marginalized in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, when people um, might use their disability as, not use it. Amish, <laughs> like choosing characters that they uh, relate to in that sense, I always mm-hmm. find really interesting. And um, I was going to, one of my favorite things is um, where I've seen uh, uh, the amputees or people born without arms dress, uh, doing Furiosa cosplays mm. and it's just like hell yeah this is why we need representation because like you see that and it's and it's just my heart my heart grew three sizes that day yeah I mean what a great example of celebrating diversity that and it really is celebrating to say like this this thing that some people might regard as a liability is a strength for me it's something that I'm proud of what an amazing feeling it is to be able to do that and just seeing um showing the creators that those characters mean so much to mm-hmm. you and uh, in all kinds of ways. Um, you know, I, I think an example of this, I'm thinking back to the limited cosplay that I've done, but uh, maybe like a year and a half or two years ago, I wrote about um, uh, uh, Rain First, which is the furry convention that we used to have in Seattle. 
And so I went and I, I kind of consider myself a furry ally where I'm sort of like adjacent to the community and I love all my furry friends and I think they're great and I'm happy to, to join them in their fun. But it's not really like I don't think of myself as like a big part of the community. But at Rainfirst, there was a workshop where you could make a tail. So I sat in on that and they provided the material and the sewing supplies and the stuffing. And so I made a little rabbit tail for myself. And wearing this thing around the con uh, was, I, I realized, like, it felt really meaningful to me. And I'm like, why, does, why is this giving me this comfort? And I realized that the reason I picked a bunny tail is because, like I said, I'm a very shy person. And it was a way of expressing, first of all, expressing, like, I'm a shy person and I'm just going to wear that and people can know that. And maybe they won't realize that he has a bunny tail. That means he's shy. But I know what that means. But then also, uh, you know, not to compare shyness to, to a disability, but, uh, it, you know, it's something that I've been very self-conscious. I mean, gosh, talk about like nesting dolls of, of neuroses. I'm self-conscious about my shyness, which just feeds into this loop of self-consciousness. Um, but it really calms me down about my shyness to have it there. Mm. Uh, it's something that suddenly I'm not like, oh, I should, I should be more outgoing. Mm. I could just wear it and be like, no, that's just how I am. Yeah, I think we meant we highlight that. I mentioned it with the new thing, but uh, having some a touch stuff. I think there was a panel yesterday about like stealth cosplay um, and like taking touchstones from that in your day to day life to like get that support mm -hmm. from like uh, people who might wear like a pair of braces like Wonder Woman to to feel stronger in themselves or yeah and nobody has to even know that it's there yeah that's one of my favorite things about stealth cosplay but also if somebody does notice is like it's that finding that kinship yeah, it's just yeah. like they see it and they know and you get that connection with somebody i literally like was thinking after this bunny tail experience i was like should i get a bunny tail tattoo above <laughs> just like a little thing above my ass like just a little <laughs> wisp of fur above my ass because it just felt so comforting to just for me to know that it was there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I take the radio mic. Do we have any questions in the audience? Because if I won't, cool. I will come out with a microphone. I just want. To... I have a loud voice. It's more because we're. If you don't want to. I'm I briefly say at Nine Worlds, I was tabling a couple of years ago um, with my comics, and this little girl dressed as Katniss walked up to the table oh. with. The, the look of someone who had experienced everything that Katniss had done experienced <laughs> and just was there with her sort of bow and arrow and looked at all my comics and said, did you make this? And I said, yes. And she went, hmm. And walked off. <laughs> and, both, and both me and my friend just kind of went, <laughs> like, we felt like we'd met her. <laughs> but she was like this tall. Um, yes. I, lo I love seeing children in, in cosplay. My, uh, my niece really wants to do Pike from Critical Role, who's a little gnome cleric. And my brother-in-law is going to be Grog. And I'm just like, ah. But she loves Steven Universe and wants to like cosplay as a gem and things like I that. I like little kids dressed as Ant-Man because it's um, <laughs> her actual size. Uh, but we're gonna, so, yes, we have a question. We have a question. Um, yes. So for me, uh, I'm another person and I moved to the UK. So what actually happened to me is I would go to cons on my own and try to meet people there. And I've, I found that cosplay it doesn't only affect me but it affects how other people react to me and makes them more confident them because they know the character even if they don't know me mm. to come and talk to me mm. like is this something you have experienced uh yeah no um somebody who is a, a good friend of mine now they were the first person that recognized my new guys for cosplay and they were just like <gasps> you're new from pacific Rim. like you know who i'm cosplaying as <laughs> yeah 
because it's a subtle cosplay if you don't necessarily know but it did open that line of communication uh hamish and i as we as we said like happen to be cosplaying as the same character but definitely it does open that line of communication that you might not have otherwise i mean i i i do cosplay. i'm here at nine worlds mostly by myself except for today and i'm sure hamish is going to go and do his own thing as as he does but it is great because it does like I am open to communication. Please approach me. Talk to me about my cosplay. So, yeah, no, I definitely know the feeling you're talking about. Well, uh, for me, like, well, I don't know if this is your experience, but uh, at least in my experience, it's not only the, the let's talk about this aspect. It's also that people feel like, okay, we've, as I'll say, the stages of getting to know you, we've already, like, skipped three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I know what you mean. You can start... A conversation mid conversation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Like we're all friends. We know what we're about. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, any other questions? We can pass the mic around. Cool. Oh. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi there. So you were you were talking about um, representing canonically queer characters uh, in in cosplay, and I just wondered what your thoughts were around um, cosplay and representation and um, playing um, not canonically LGBT plus people as queer cosplayers? Uh, I adore when people do this. And uh, occasionally I have told people, uh, straight people, who say, you know, um, if I hear a straight person say something, blah, 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 but even though I'm not queer or something like that, if a straight person says that, you know what? Anyone can be queer. It's not that hard. Like, you just have to want it enough. But... (laughs) (laughs) But, but really, like I think there's there's the potential there. A queer can mean a lot of. I mean, that's this is a failure of language because queer can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But uh, I think very deep down inside, everyone can tap into something to be creative and different, and to challenge some rules and to explore boundaries that they thought were I- immovable to to try to overcome. Uh, the things that they never thought they could be. Uh, so anyway, this is a very long-winded answer to your question. Uh, I, I think it's a real thing of beauty when you can take someone who who had sort of limits drawn around them and say, "But but what if they were more?" I, you know, I, I just I, I think it's I think it's such a wonderful thing. I and I don't know. Maybe this is a, this is kind of a um, a, a queer chauvinism. But, uh, you know, I really think that it unlocks something. It, it makes a character, to me, so much more interesting and improves their, it, it, not improves, but increases their potential for, for what they can be. Um, I'm trying to think of examples of, that I've enjoyed. And maybe if you guys want to take this question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to rack my brains for some of my favorite examples. Uh, but yeah, like couples cosplay, people cosplay, mm-hmm. and it's Cap and Bucky. Always good to see. I mean, I don't even ship that particularly hard, but... Um, some people get like up in arms about it. It's just like, look, let people play in your playground. Just because somebody is canonically, listen, just because somebody is quote canonically straight, she's like, they're not queer that you know of yet. There is still time. <laughs> um, I think um, it's something I've seen a discussion coming up. Um, no, no, that doesn't answer your question. That'd be a different thing. But yeah, no, I think people should queer cosplayers should feel like I'm going to take this character and make it a little bit more like me just by virtue of dressing as them. I think that's a wonderful reclaiming thing. And maybe you never know, you'll uh, change somebody's mind about, oh, maybe this character isn't cis. Maybe this character isn't straight. And I think that's a wonderful power we have as, as cosplayers. It's just like taking this character so viewed in one way and going, no, 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 I'm going to rub my grubby queer hands mm-hmm. all over this and make it mine. 
You know, this actually reminds me of at GamerX. Are you guys familiar with GamerX? It's the uh, American conference or convention. Uh, it's, it's about gaming with a queer focus. Very, it's, you know, it's about, it's for everybody. And they have a cosplay contest there where I think the characters, I think it was Goku and Vegeta came out and were about to do like this battle and they run towards each other on stage and suddenly they're embracing and making out. And I mean, it, it was just, it, the audience just roars with approval at this. Um, and then the, the other example that just leapt to mind was, I can't remember where I saw this. It was on the internet somewhere, where everything lives. Um, some, some gay couple had done uh, this really lovely cosplay of Bowser and Donkey Kong. Uh, and, you know, there's like this, this sort of like Barra character makeout photo shoot of, of Bowser and Donkey Kong. And, and I've got, got a real soft spot for Bowser. Like, you and Hamish really need to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Bowser, doing Bowser, doing Bowser. Yes. <laughs> go no, go no, stop. Cosplaying Bowser is in definitely in my future. I kind of mm -hmm. want, I've been arranging like, you guys don't we're doing kind of uh, sort of 50s, Roller girl yeah. riot oh. sort of coupling thing. Yeah. It's a whole plan. Whoa, that sounds amazing. Um, but yeah, like a greaser version of yeah. that. Yeah, oh I've got God. like um, I've got I've got one of those like um, American football jackets which has like a green thing and yellow arms with spikes. Oh my on. God, you're gonna give me nosebleed. Yeah. That's like that. I, I'm that's the first cosplay which is sort of taking. A, lot, a while putting <laughs> I'm putting <laughs> effort into that one you know I feel like I'm cosplaying whenever I play Mario Kart and I, I always choose Bowser he's my favorite character in part because I just love knocking the other characters off the road because I'm so heavy but also because just Bowser like every time he turns to the camera like he does a jump and then turns to the camera and roars I'm like he's roaring at me <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like like it really gives me a sense of power and, and, and a thrill to be like I'm Bowser right now for these next four laps I'm Bowser like it's just this momentary sure. cosplay do we have, I'm um, aware of the time, do we have any other questions just before uh, we wrap? No, cool, you, you, if you keep hold of the radio mic for now. Um, before we wrap, because we like to sometimes take a dip into Imagination Corner, as we like to call it, or various things, uh, do, can you tell us about uh, just about our favourite cosplays that we've done so far, or that we've got fond memories of, oh. of doing? For whatever reason. I feel reason. like you're the more, you've got, you've mm. got two right. pages, I, you've got a mm, list. Mm, you make it sound much more impressive than it is. Uh, one of my favorite cosplays that I've done, because it's one of the few things I've made a lot for and nobody got, and I didn't care that nobody got, was when I did an art from Monsters University cosplay. <laughs> and I made a pair of corduroy, massive bell-bottom dungarees with stripy legs, and I had a purple wig on, and nobody knew who the fuck I was. <laughs> People did think I was from Nightfire, which, to be fair, I was all in purple and had headphones around my neck so I can understand why people got that impression. But that was so fun to do. But Newt has my heart, but I gotta say, I am really enjoying being taco right now. <laughs> I have to say, this is- a, I bought- it's more taco, yeah. just in life. I think that's good advice. I bought, I bought dungarees with the intention of doing very, very gay at Pride Luigi. <laughs> um, and I'm gonna put like relevant patches and stuff on. Um, but now I've started wearing the dungarees in my usual life, and one day I accidentally closet cosplayed a minion. Because <laughs> I wear, I had like a yellow shirt and dungarees, and I had headphones, like, I don't know. And I just went, oh God, I saw myself in reflection of a car. I was like, uh, 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 these are going to be shorts today. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm a yeah. No, 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 you know, no problem with minions. I just. Oh, I have you. Uh, 
Matt, what about you? Any fond cosplay memories? Yeah, actually, uh, a couple of years ago, I, you know, I, I hadn't done any real serious cosplay. And so uh, I was telling a friend who is also a YouTuber, uh, Tyler Rush, a.k.a. Pup Amp, who does this series called uh, What's the Safe Word? It's him and Pup Amp and Pup Bolt. And they talk about like sex stuff because they're both adult performers. Uh, but they're doing, they do a lot of nerdy stuff. And he's like, let's do a video where we make you some cosplay. And so together we made, we fabricated my my first cosplay. It was Star Fox. And it was also like, I've, you know, like I think a lot of people, I have a lot of like body anxiety and like, you know, I look in the mirror and I'm like, ugh, ugh. And going through this experience because it was a sexy Star Fox, it really helped me come to terms Aren't with- all Star Fox is sexy uh, Yes, naturally, naturally. <laughs> but you know, I'm wearing like something very tight that I don't normally wear and I'm showing more skin than I normally show. And, um, it was a really nice stepping stone to just feel more comfortable about my body in general. Um, just, you know, being there at a party where other people are in cosplay and other people are dressed sexy because it was at uh, Pink Party, Pink Party Prime, which is a, a yearly nerd party in, in Seattle. Um, it really, it, it, it really helped me. Like I came away from that party and now like I find myself just going to like underwear parties and things in Seattle, which we have a lot of for some I reason. I need to go to Seattle. It, it's, it's a very sexy city. Uh, but I, the rain. I credit Star Fox with helping me together. Yeah, it really is. Like he we're got the doors. Yeah, we're kind of <laughs> entertaining each other. You've single-handedly elevated this podcast to being uh, sounding very sexy and cool. <laughs> so thank you, Matt. <laughs> I have that effect on it. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. I think we've got to bring this to a wrap. We just do our individual Twitters. I can always add it in post later. So if you want to get in contact with us on the Twitter. We've got our podcast uh, official at Box Not Included, and I'm at Jade Oxford Rose. Um, I'm at Hamish Steele, and I'm at Matt Baum on Twitter. You can also uh, find my uh, project about queer gamers. It's at PlayingWithPride.com, and I do a podcast about queer entertainment uh, where gay men share stories about the entertainment that's changed their lives. It's called The Sewers of Paris. That podcast. Ooh. Um, Wonderful. Um, I'm not going to thank our sound engineer because I'm going to probably be doing this in post and he can give me a hard time about it later. Uh, thank you to our massive audience here at Nine Worlds who showed up to Yay. our 10 a.m. panel. Yay! You are glorious, wonderful people. We um, love and appreciate every single one of you and you'll be the first to get whatever Box Not Included merch we ever make. But <laughs> until next time, I'm Jade Rose. I'm Hamish Steele. And I'm Matt Baum. And don't let anybody box you in. Thank you.